International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast National Championship Madness We have to welcome everyone to the National Championship Madness Podcast Or what do you say, Ivo? There has been uh, lots of national championship uh, that we will go through in this episode. Yeah, it's been a really, really exciting weekend with a lot of stuff happening in a lot of different countries. Uh, what uh, especially do we have to look forward to in this episode? Is it something uh, you have marked in the in your uh, notes? Yeah, I mean, the, we will start with the Norwegian championship. Uh, the crazy Norwegian Championship week with the uh, long middle and relay the same weekend, uh, and then we will look forward to we will look at the Swedish Championship long distance, the Finnish Championship, uh, Swiss Championship, and also we will have a quick look at Denmark and Italy as well. Yeah, that uh, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, we will start with the Norwegian. Uh, they they started already on Thursday. Uh, in uh, Nomarka, actually, uh, the famous uh, uh, more, uh, <laughs> area in Norway where many have gone uh, through on cross-country skis. And you also uh, went through the course there in the long distance. How was it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was exactly as the long distance are supposed to be. It was long, it was tough, it was uh, some challenging route choices and it was uh, uh, a few very very tricky slope controls so it was a yeah the, a great course and there was uh, uh, Lucas Leland he um, was your favorite and he said afterwards that it was really nice to run in Nurmarka was it something special for you also there is many who has done Nurmarxisme out there <clears throat> yeah you know uh, neither And, and not any one of us, the two of us, are originally from Oslo. So I'm not quite sure if we got this correct. I'm not quite sure if it counts as Nordmarka. I think the, they're saying Krokskogen, but it's a part of or next to Nordmarka. Uh, so I, I, yeah, because it was outside, uh, it's outside the border of Oslo. Um, but yeah, uh, the whole region of uh, Nordmarka, Krokskogen is a legendary skiing uh, resort uh, and yeah, a lot of people has a connection to this part of uh, the forest around Oslo. So we can go through and see if there was some legendary performances uh, also. In the women's class of course we um, take the first. Uh, you guessed uh, Andrine Benjaminsen in front of Marie Olsen and uh, Marianne Andersson on the third place. Uh, you were quite uh, quite good uh, good guesses there. Yeah, uh, so Andrine Benjaminsen, she clearly had to be the big favorite and she delivered and she won the race uh, ahead of a... Yeah, I, I, it's not a surprise, but uh, it's always uh, a bit surprise when uh, Tone Bergerlie runs at this level, considering uh, her age and how short her career at the top level has actually been. Uh, she's 39 years old and she made her World Cup debut last season. 
but yeah, she was performing at a very, very high level. Uh, it kind of looked like she was the one that had the highest speed during the course. Uh, and But she made some mistakes and therefore she got the silver medal about a minute behind Andrina. And then Marianne Andersen, she won the bronze medal, uh, beating Marie Olausen with 10 seconds for that medal, uh, after Marie making uh, almost half a minute mistake on the second last control. Uh, so it was a really exciting battle for yeah, both for the win and for the medals. Um, you mentioned um, Tony Bergolia, she's born 82, uh, Marianne Andersen is born 1980. Uh, two girls uh, 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 have passed 40 years uh, getting medals. Uh, is it healthy for a Norwegian orienteering? Um, it's very easy to say no, uh, but considering the effort these two put in, uh, I mean, they are uh, they are training and competing and acting like they were 25 years old. Uh, so I don't think there is any shame for the younger girls to be beaten by these two. Uh, we can um, hear what uh, the youngest girl and the best girl in the race uh, had to say just after the race. Sounds good. Even National Orienteering Podcast. We are so lucky that we can talk with Andrina Bannimensen. Uh, the winner of uh, long distance uh, national champs in Norway. How important is the long distance, Amrino? It's uh, of course the most important. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, I like the long distance. It's. Uh, it feels like my my distance, my strength. Uh, so yeah, to me it's important. Yeah, it looks like because uh, uh, this long distance was first time you were in Norway to run orienteering this year. So then uh, we can. Um, we can see that it is important, but uh, uh, what about the middle distance coming up? Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be tricky. Uh, we ran the qualification today and uh, struggled a bit with the technique. So, uh, yeah, need to do it better tomorrow if I want to fight for medals. Uh, which answer are you searching at the national champs before the World Cup final this autumn? Uh, I just want to enjoy orienteering, get a good feeling uh, with my technique and uh, my shape is um, getting better as well. So, uh, yeah, just enjoying this progress. Yeah, it was uh, good, at least at the long distance and wish you good luck at the middle. Thank you. There we had uh, Andrina about her race and uh, in the men's class. Uh, you uh, guessed uh, last year's uh, world champion in this uh, distance, Kasper Fossa, on top of the podium. Uh, not uh, not very controversial, I guess. Uh, no, that's. Uh, I mean, it would be really, really controversial to put anything else, uh, even if it turned out this way. We will come to that later. Yeah. Uh, because it was not Casper's uh, day uh, this uh, Thursday at Krogskogen. Nope. Uh, so Casper he got beaten uh, second time in a row now at the long distance. Uh, he got beaten also at the European Champs. Uh, 
So this year, uh, Lucas Leland is the Norwegian champion in long distance. Uh, he won one and a half minute ahead of Magne Daly and Kasper in third place. Um, uh, how do you analyze that uh, race? Uh, I mean, um, Magne Daly had a not so good route choice, uh, letting uh, Lucas Leland coming up and uh, catch him. Yeah, I think um, uh, it was really interesting the f- battle between Lucas and Magne because uh, they were running very, very even for almost one hour of running. Uh, I think it was like five seconds between them after 55 minutes of running. And then there was a long leg where Magne Daly chose a uh, a uh, route choice that was really, really long, running around on paths and roads, uh, and he lost two minutes. And as Lucas started two minutes behind Magne Daly, they were suddenly together. Uh, and then from that point, uh, Magne was pushing really, really hard to try to drop Lucas. And in the last three or four controls, he was able to build a gap, but of course the gap was not big enough to take back those two minutes. Um, and Kasper, he had a, yeah, a decent race. Uh, his speed was good, but he was making too many mistakes. Uh, and he was then about two minutes behind Lucas. Is it uh, something else you um, can uh, take out uh, some uh, uh, of your analysis of this race uh, that will you will mention? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was lucky enough to to see all the three guys winning the medals live in the forest. Uh, and both all, the, all three of them passed me in the latest stage of the race where my speed was not really impressive. Uh, so I didn't get to see them a lot. Uh, but I was really, really impressed by, uh, by Magne Daly and his pace when he passed me. And I could see that Lucas was suffering so, so bad uh, to keep up with him. Uh, it was yeah. I don't think I've seen Magne that strong since uh, since many years actually. Uh, so he looked he looked five years younger. Uh, so it's great to see him back in physically good shape. Uh, he's been struggling a lot this year. Uh, so it's good to see him back at this level. And I have hope that he can get a good experience at the World Cup final, so he can build on uh, yeah on kind of a comeback next year. It's been uh, it's been a tough season for him this year, uh, but I think he still has the level to fight for international top positions. Uh, what about, yeah, you said a few words about Lucas there. Did you also see Kasper passing you? Yeah, Kasper, uh, he passed me in an uphill. So, uh, I mean, I saw him coming and then he was gone. Uh, but I, I, yeah, he looked, uh, yeah, he looked fast, uh, but uh, I think it's... Uh, it's a bit telling that he's getting beaten now and he got beaten at the European champs. I think the injury problem he's had this season and uh, his focus on the sprint uh, has, yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise really, but I think that has had an effect on his level in these kind of tough, tough long distance races. Uh, but now he has a few weeks work to do and then for the World Cup final, maybe he can step it up a little bit and then be the best again. Uh, otherwise, I mean, uh, it's worth to notice that um, uh, it was Andrina's first uh, 
racing no way this season. Uh, Lucas Leland, he has uh, showed really uh, good skills in the long distance. He won the European uh, selection race on long distance. The ultra-long champs in Norway on the ultra-long distance. And mm-hmm. then he, he was the champs also in long distance in Norway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a dream season. Uh, so I, I really, really hope that he is able to perform at this level or at least close to this level at the World Cup final also. Uh, I think the Alpine terrain should suit him quite okay. So we will have to wait and see. Uh, but I think my... Uh, I was looking a bit on the yeah the split times and stuff from this race, and it's quite... It was surprisingly close race. Uh, normally, the Norwegian Long Championship, it's really big distances between the top five and the top ten. Uh, but this year it was uh, a bit closer and the 10th place was only six minutes down and it was really close the first one hour of running then in the last half an hour last 40 minutes uh, the top the front trio they really speeded up so i'm a bit unsure how high the level was really uh, i think uh, if it if it had been like a really, really top, top international performance by Lucas, it should have been bigger differences earlier in the race. Uh, but yeah, we will see at the World Cup final what the, the Norwegian men can do at the long distance there. Yeah, it's used to say that uh, if it's not so big differences, the, the level on the absolutely best is not so high. Uh, last year, uh, Magna... Uh, was a clear winner. Uh, I don't know. It was a battle uh, between Magni Dali and Kaspar Fossa ab- about the victory. But uh, then the differences down on the result list among the top 10 was really big. So, yeah, mm. that, that, it's a point. It's a point. Yeah. And I think uh, it's uh, generally a sign is that, like, uh, Lucas, he had yeah quite some of the... Some of his split times were outside of the top 20 on the legs. And that's... Uh, yeah, so there, he made some mistakes on the way, uh, and normally we have seen previously, especially from uh, Ola Lundanes in the Norwegian champs, that he have been performing quite top split times the whole way, and therefore made a big, big margin down to the others. Um, but yeah, it's a you can't really say that if it's close, it's bad level, because you could also say that if there is big margin, it's really bad level behind the top three or something like that. Yeah. So I think in general, it was a course that suited a lot of Norwegian runners. Uh, and maybe that's why it's a bit closer than what you should really expect from a race like this. Yeah, we can hear what the absolutely best on this Thursday had to say just after his race. Evo National Orienteering Podcast. In uh, Evo National Orienteering Podcast, we are so lucky that we can talk with uh, Lucas Leland, the winner of the long distance in Norway. How important is the long distance for you? Well, it's uh, I, I, I like it very much. It's it's a very nice uh, race, I think. And well, uh, I just I like to spend a lot of time in the forest, and well, the long distance area is where you get to do that. So, yeah, I like it quite well. And it's more to me. Uh, if you should uh, rank, is it the most important, or who do you rank it among the other distances? I, I'm well, you know, uh, middle, long, and sprint. It's uh, those three are equal to me. I think uh, 
uh, perhaps uh, the only like world championship distance I will place below is perhaps the knockout. But uh, it's uh, because it's new and in ten years, uh, perhaps I'll uh, I'll have uh, that distance also up with the uh, with the others. After uh, the long distance in Norway, there is a qualifier on the middle. Uh, this year it was uh, from the same arena as the long distance. Uh, there was uh, not so many surprises uh, uh, in that qualifier. Or what do you say, Ivo? No. Uh, I mean, it was a few runners that you maybe could would expect to be in a final but then to maybe fight for a top 15 or something like that in the final that got knocked out. But uh, yeah, none of the top runners were in danger, really. So then we got a interesting final with all the best runners there. Uh, and yeah, it was a good show. Actually, uh, there was uh, one uh, runner, uh, Elias Jonsson. He, uh, he is suffering from uh, injury in the, his knee. So he didn't uh, go to, yeah. to the final. So yeah, he had a... Uh, a long distance, not a great long distance, and then of course with the knee pain, he could not perform at the level that he should be performing at, and then he got knocked out in the qualification. But then he also didn't run the relay, so I think his knee injury is not so good. Uh, so that's a shame. Hopefully he will be back soon. Yeah, but but he he was he's a runner is uh, yeah worth mentioning yeah yeah uh, didn't uh, but uh, for the middle final. There was a change of arena. There was down to Vastmarka, Suligor in Vastmarka. Mm. Uh, more uh, more cliffs and uh, yeah, tricky orienteering uh, down there. Yeah, generally a bit rougher. And you can see also that the times per kilometer was uh, uh, much, much higher. Uh, the women were running at 8.30 per kilometer and the men were running at 6.30. So, yeah, it was uh, rough terrain, uh, but also very nice orienteering. There was a lot of features you could read on, and but still you had to really navigate uh, with a plan. Not You couldn't just put your compass and run straight. You had to navigate with a plan to execute it fast enough. That was, of course, something you uh, knew when you uh, guessed that Marianne Andersen would win in front of uh, Victoria Hasta and uh, Tone Bergerli. Yeah, uh, not my best guess is that. Um, but yeah, uh, it Tone uh, Bergerli, she was second in the long distance and she took another medal here with the third place. Uh, Marie Olausen, after her fourth place in the long distance, she won the silver medal. And Andrine Benjaminsen won the middle, just as she won the long distance. Uh, was it? Um, there was a battle about the victory here, uh, quite tight um, between uh, Benjaminsson and Olausen. Yeah, it was uh, only half a minute, and uh, Marie Olausen was in the lead with about six minutes left to go, and then she made a half a minute mistake, and the race was decided. Uh, we can uh, maybe hear uh, what uh, Benjaminsson says uh, after her victory. The second in three days. Evo National Orienteering Podcast. In the podcast, we have Andrini Bangemansen, double victory in the Norwegian National Champs. Uh, Has it been a perfect weekend for you here in Oslo? 
Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, I heard some rumors that you you guys didn't believe in me in the middle distance, so I had to prove you wrong. Yeah, because uh, you haven't traditionally not been on the top of the podium there. So the, this year you prove that you also can run middle distance. What's the, what is the secret? Uh, the secret is uh, when you don't believe in me, I get eager to uh, to prove you wrong, and that's that's what it takes. That's what I need to get a little angry and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, to stay focused. Uh, do you think we can you can deal with the expectation? You know, building up for before the World Cup final, then. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like Switzerland, and um, yeah. Uh, it will be fun. Congratulations with uh, double victories here at least. Yeah, thank you. I um, think it was uh, really interesting um, something she said in the interview that uh, you had put some fire on the on the tank for her by not guessing her as a winner. Yeah. Uh... Now we know how to motivate her before the important competitions later on. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, yeah, it's good that uh, we are reaching out to to the people, and yeah, it's great that they are. We are able to inspire them and to motivate them to prove us wrong. Nothing is better than that. But uh, then it's the opposite psychology for uh, the men's class because there you guessed um, Erik Langdahl Breivik as the winner. And he uh, also took a victory there. Yeah, he. I mean, he is a great middle distance runner. His form is really good. Uh, he got disqualified in the long distance because his Emmet died during the race. Uh, but he was, uh, yeah, he did a good long distance race and he proved that his form was uh, good. And uh, his performance in the middle, it was uh, yeah, almost flawless. So really, really good. Yeah, we should uh, maybe go through the... You guessed Eirik Langhjel Breivik in front of Lukas Liland and Jürgen Barkley. Uh, and it was Eirik uh, who got the victory uh, 25 seconds ahead of Kasper Fosser uh, with uh, Anders Norberg almost two minutes behind on uh, third place. Yeah, maybe maybe Anders also got motivated by, uh, from what I said in the preview show because... Uh, I said that uh, now it's too many years. He is too old, uh, but he proved he proved me wrong. Uh, it's uh, it's so impressive how he is able to get into this form every year for Norwegian Middle Championship. Yeah, uh, and uh, I I like to say that you should not uh, combine luck and and uh, top sports, but uh, he was only nine seconds ahead of the number six, so. The second was uh, on his side this time, at least. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, five seconds. Sometimes you lose with five seconds. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, it was a really close battle for the medal. Uh, but it's also it's always quite funny uh, when Anders beat the national team runners. Uh, we can uh, hear. Uh... Quick, what uh, the guy who had the most fun this uh, this Saturday had to say after his race? Erik Langdahl Breivik. International Orienteering Podcast. 
international orientering podcast are so lucky that we can talk with uh, the Norwegian champs in middle distance, Erik Langenal Breivik. Uh, what's the secret behind your success today? Secret or secret? Uh, I think uh, I managed to uh, perform a good race and uh, in a terrain uh, that suits me well. So uh, today was um, great to run uh, orienteering and had a good feeling uh, and a good technical uh, race. The uh, the talking town is that it's a really good race uh, in internationally. How far can you go with such a race? Uh, I don't know uh, against the best in the world, but uh, I hope that uh, yeah, it would be good uh, if I do such a good race in uh, in the World Cup as well. So uh, yeah. I hope it will not be that uh, far away from a good performance. You have won uh, national champs in both uh, sprint and middle distance this year. Uh, when can we see you on the podium internationally? I hope uh, at least uh, next year. <laughs> That's good. Uh, congratulations with the gold medal today. Thank you. Yeah, that was... Uh... So really satisfied. <clears throat> Langdal Breivik there, we heard. Yeah, he, I mean, he should really be satisfied. Uh, and he should also be confident about uh, what the future can bring. Uh, it does look very good for him. Yeah, he is, uh, as you said, uh, performing really good in uh, such uh, technical uh, middle distances. Uh, but uh, I, I need to ask you again about Anders Norberg uh, getting that medal. I think... Um, yeah, uh, maybe uh, there would have been space for uh, a couple of runners there, uh, like your brother Olav and uh, Magne Dali, Askel Schinneberg. Uh, yeah, I think uh, obviously Magne Dali and Eskil Schinneberg, uh, they should be, if they are at the start line with uh, good legs and with a fresh mind, they should be within two minutes of the winner on a race like this. Uh, when it comes to Olav, I'm not so sure if he would be able to do it at this uh, with his training the last eight months. Uh, you know, he was barely beating me in the summer. So, yeah, I don't think you should look at him as a missing man uh, from the race uh, in that way. But uh, do you think he will, in a couple of years, uh, uh, come to the Norwegian champs as uh, Anders Norberg comes now? Uh, not maybe when he is past 40, but uh, but uh, in a couple of years, uh, late uh, 30s, in his late 30s, to run on the relay and middle. Well, it's uh, it's all about the motivation. If he if he wants to do it, he can do it for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, you need to want to do the work uh, because Anders Nuber, he yeah, he's old. He has a lot of kids. Uh, uh, but he has the motivation to go training in the morning, do the hard session. Uh, he has the motivation to run races, and uh, that's uh, it. Doesn't matter how good you are if you're not motivated, you will not make it. Uh, and another person who is really motivated is uh, <clears throat> Marianne Andersen. And uh, as a curiosity, we could uh, tell that she uh, passed Hannes uh, stuff on the what you call this. Uh, uh, from the start of the middle short distance in Norway, 
we have counted yeah, yeah uh, points. The, whole, the hall of fame the hall of fame we can call it yeah the hall of fame uh, in the middle distance she passed and she is on top of the list there but she is uh, she is uh, Anna the Hauskin is chasing her so no one of them have uh, can retire yet Re- yet no uh, i think Marianne and Anna Margrethe they will continue to hunt for medals at Norwegian champs uh, at least But uh, the first short distance in Norway was in 1990 in, up in Salbu. Do you know who won then? That was before I was born. Uh, so I guess maybe Petter Thoresen won among the men. And uh, yeah, could it be Ragnil Brattberg maybe on the women's side? Ah, it's a quite good guess. Uh, Thoresen got the medal, but it was... Uh... Hovatveite, who won. Rest in peace. And uh, Ragnil Bante Andersen uh, won ah, in the women's yeah. class. So it was Ragnil, but uh, wrong. Uh, lost. But uh, that's history now. We will uh, look at some closer history. The relay on Sunday. Always fun with the Norwegian champs relay. Also there you got to uh, run a leg. Uh, yeah, I ran the, a second leg in the Turving and it was a very, uh, I started out far and together with uh, Damien Renoy and he is getting quite old so when I'm running with him I felt quite strong so it was a good experience it was a nice course uh, sadly it was a bit affected uh, by very very new cuttings so the first yeah, there was a really, really long leg in the beginning of the courses uh, where there had been cutting in championship and they had to mark, mark, uh, mark, mark those cuttings. So it was instead of a quite interesting boot choice, uh, there was a corridor where everyone was running the same park for half of the leg before it was splitting up. Uh, but otherwise, it was a nice course. Uh, it was uh, a really, really tough hill uh, in the end of the course running up on a open field with more than 100 meters of climbing so it was a physical end of the course and in the in some call uh, some classes and for some fight for different spots that uh, hard and tough finish of the course was uh, deciding yeah uh, we can look at uh, who and what was the sister deciding the Races. You guessed in the women's class who ran first in the Sunday morning. You guessed Nidal in front of Ante Anui and Nidal too. And yeah. uh, and uh, we we uh, should almost through the that you are uh, Lily Bandris or something. You're a guessing writer, or you may be just an expert. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's that hard to guess. Uh, if you if you look at the results from the middle distance the day before. If you're looking at the top 22 in the women's class, the top 22, can you guess how many runners in the top 22 that did not run for Anthony or Nidalen? Five. Yes, exactly. Out of the top 22 in the middle distance, only five people are running from other clubs than Nidalen and Anthony. So the dominance of these two clubs are uh, massive in Norwegian orienteering, especially in the women's side now, but also in the men's side. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
it was a battle between Nidalen and Nidalen and Antony, and it was uh, really really close in the end. Uh, but Tuneberg Rulia, she, yeah, she showed that she's uh, a strong strong contender to the Queen of the Championship. Uh, silver medal in the long distance, bronze medal in the middle, and then she decided the the relay uh, on the last day of the championship. So then Nidal won ahead of Anthony. And Nidal two on the third spot there. Yeah, uh, and then then it was a big gap down, and then we have Fredrista in the fourth place, and then we have Anthony two, and then Nidal and three. So in the top six, it's five teams from Nidal and Anthony. So the domination is really, really big. And uh, for us who know the our our interior history, Nidal also won uh, the Norwegian champs uh, relay for women when it was uh, uh, at the same place 20 years ago in year 2000. So uh, they know how to orienteer in that terrain. Uh, in the men's class, uh, you guessed um, Antanui, Nidal and... Uh, uh, you uh, took the dark horse Tilving at <laughs> as number three, where you also are a bit biased. I am very biased. I uh, I have to say, very biased. Yeah. So this uh, the relay, the men's relay was, uh, yeah. Basically, it was a propaganda showing from the start to the finish uh, from Anthony. Uh, they ran away with the yeah the second team and the third team of Anthony ran away with a few other teams on the first leg, and then the Anthony first team worked their way back up in the front, and then the last leg, for yeah for ho- almost the entire leg it was three Anthony teams as the first three. Uh, so we got a really exciting sprint battle between the two Anthony teams, uh, where Jürgen Barkley from the second team. He had the strongest legs and he was beating Erik Langedal Breivik. So Anthony's second team is the Norwegian Championship winner of the relay. Uh, and then um, uh, it was front of the, their own first team. And I think we saw uh, the uphill you talked about in the fight for the bronze medal. I think uh, Magne Dali showed in that uphill he has some international skills that uh, are missing from the other runners, or uh, am I right or wrong? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a bit of the good old uh, relay killer Magnadelli in action. You could see when he was hunting down the Anthony third team and crushing him in the in the last physical part of the course, and then he got the bronze medal uh, just ahead of Nidan second team and Freddy, and then Anthony third team. They passed the arena. They they were in third place really really long and then they dropped down to sixth place uh, just on the last few hundred meters uh, incredible incredible performance by Anthony to have three teams in the top six yeah uh, also worth uh, notice that uh, Aidsmo on Friday team had the best uh, la- uh, leg time on last leg uh, he will probably run for IFK Göteborg next uh, weekend I think yeah, in the Swedish champs. Uh, he, so it would be interesting to see if they put him on the last leg. I hope so. Uh, he, it was a really, really. I think it was a really, really good course for Hovar Eidsmo. It was uh, uh, very physically tough, uh, and he is a really strong runner. And uh, yeah, there was uh, 
the, of the big uphill in the end of the relay, there is uh, some pe- some guy made a Strava segment, and Howard Eitzmo, he had clearly the fastest time up there. So he was flying uh, up the hills on, on that last leg. Um, yeah, two years ago, it was his uh, big Norwegian, Norwegian champs with a, a middle goal and a relay goal and a King's Cup on top of that. And he showed also that he still has uh, skills both physically and technically. Uh, what uh, other takes do you have on the Norwegian champs before we can continue? Well, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I think we had a good individual races with the uh, worthy champions. And then the, uh, the relays were really, really good showing from the, yeah, from the dominant clubs of Norwegian orienteering. So all in all, it was a, a nice championship. It was generally good courses, good maps. Uh, and we got to see some really, really close battles. So it was uh, very, very nice. Yeah, the journalists in mine uh, are... Uh... We're letting that uh, stand for now that they're dominant clubs in Norwegian orienteering. So we will pick it up in the winter. We can talk about then how healthy that is for Norwegian orienteering. But yeah, uh, for course. now, we uh, can continue to the Swedish uh, championship on long distance. That, that's it's another concept of uh, our, uh, national champs with a qualifier on Saturday yeah. and a final on uh, Sunday. Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, I think if you look at the if you look at the whole weekend, the Norwegian Championship is really really tough with four races in four days. Uh, but if you just look at the long distance, uh, the Swedish concept it's really really hard with the qualifier the day before, which lasts almost an hour. The final, which was uh, really really long this year, so it was a tough 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 weekend for the Swedish runners. And uh, there were also the winners. They are the toughest. And uh, in front of the champs, you guessed uh, to Alexanderson would win before uh, Lisa Risby and Sonna Fast. And uh, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar. And uh, we should listen to you because that was the outcome also. Yeah, I think uh, it's not. Uh... Said in the previous show, it's it's quite easy to look good when you're guessing about the Swedish women. Uh, if Tove is on the start list, you have to guess Tove as the winner, and most of the time she wins. And then Lisa Risby, home ground in Dal race, she was actually quite close to Tove. It was only two and a half minutes, and with a winning time of one forty-two, it was a really, really, really tough race for the for the women's. And then Sarah Fast, uh, she was the third place, beating her club mate, Sarah Hagström, for that last medal. Yeah, and uh, in the men's class, you guessed uh, Emil Svensk, Gustav Bergman, and Simon Imark. Uh, uh, even if uh, Gustav Bergman said uh, you should put always put the money on him when it's uh, competitions in Sweden. Yeah, uh, Gustav is uh, pretty amazing uh, on these home races. Uh, yeah, so he won 40 seconds ahead of Emil Svensk. And then Anton Johansson got the bronze medal. But he was more than eight minutes behind. So also here the winning time was more than 1.40. So it was a really, really tough race. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was maybe about 
12 guys or something like that that ran below two hours so it's a really 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 tough race yeah they were uh, running uh, above uh, estimated winning time and uh, how, how good is that for the for the runners and the organizers yeah personally i don't think it's a big issue if you miss the winning times with the yeah, five minutes or something like that. But here, if the I guess the winning time was supposed to be ninety minutes, and then if the winning time is twelve minutes more in the women's class and fourteen minutes more in the men's class, that's uh, yeah, that's rough, uh, especially for the runners further down in the result list. But I mean, it, in the sporting criteria, it doesn't get affected that it's a bit longer. That's just good, in my opinion. It should be it a long distance should be tough and hard and people should be really, really tired afterwards. And uh, for those who follow orienteering, uh, we are missing uh, the European champs in this uh, distance uh, among the top three. Uh, Martin Regborn. Yeah, uh, Regborn, he had a good start. He was uh, really, really competitive in the beginning. The first 40 minutes, he was just behind Gustav. And then he made uh, almost a five-minute mistake. And it seems a bit like his, uh, his speed... Uh, and his motivation maybe dropped a little bit after that and he made some more mistakes and he ended up in sixth place more than 11 minutes down uh but uh, we can uh, hear with the guy who never lost lost his motivation when it's about orienteering and uh, especially orienteering in sweden gustav bergman international orienteering podcast We have uh, with us uh, Gustav Bergman uh, here today. Uh, he was uh, winning a tight uh, fight uh, against Emil Svansk on the long distance in Sweden. Uh, how was the race for you, Gustav? Uh, it was uh, it was really tough, um, but uh, I'm I'm very happy with my performance. But it was, yeah, tough, really tough. I. Uh, uh, I think the yeah the the course setter has had planned a little long too long course for us. We had we were uh, a little bit more than ten minutes slower than they had uh, thought. So it, it was a long day in the forest, and I got really really tired in the end. But uh, overall, a really good performance. Yeah, you are running uh, almost one hundred and five minutes uh, yeah. uh, before you reach the finish line there. Um... And you are taking the lead on a long leg uh, to number six. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think the course was it was really enjoyable, but uh, the terrain was really tough. And I, 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 I just uh, try to not make any mistakes and be really consistent. And I think I, I managed that all the way. And yeah, on that long leg, uh, we got like the first really, really difficult controls, and I. I could be in control all the way, and I think that was uh, was the secret. Yeah, because uh, many of the other runners uh, they have uh, yeah some uh, time losses, and you've gone uh, gone through the course uh, yeah uh, almost without any big mistakes at least. Uh, I see you have uh, yeah you may made a short uh, short uh, Little mistake on uh, second last control or something. Is it the concentration or is uh, slippy there? Yeah, I was really tired, uh, and I I had caught up with some some, uh, some other guys. I was running with the, just there at the end, 
uh, and they were running away from me and running really fast. So I looked a little bit too much on them and not on my own map. But I, it was uh, it was a quite stupid mistake actually because I, I realized what we were doing, saw that okay we're going too far left. I got to uh, make sure I, I go into take the control and I knew exactly where I was and I still managed to not correct enough. So uh, much more seconds on the second loss because uh, Emil Svansky is only 40 seconds behind you in the finish. Yeah, for sure. He he was really, really strong in the end. Uh, like the last 15 minutes, I, I struggled real, real bad physically and uh, couldn't really push all the way. Uh, but he but he for sure could. And he, he gained very much time. Like I, I think like just the last two minutes, he he beat me with 20 seconds. So, so I'm, I'm very happy that the course wasn't another kilometer longer because uh, otherwise it would have been really, really tight. Uh, did you knew knew when you came to the finish that it w- was enough for a win? Uh, not really. I was starting quite early actually, uh, because I, yeah, didn't uh, win my qualifying heat. Uh, so I was uh, like uh, a few guys uh, still after me, but uh, I knew that it was going to be me or Emil. Like it was it, that was clear when I finished. It was like it's only Emil who is the one who can. Uh, can be any competition for for the win. Uh, so he was quite nervous there in the end. Uh, but it was um, yeah a, a great a great uh, competition and uh, uh, really demanding courses. Yeah, and um, there are also uh, quite high level in um, Sweden uh, at the time. And Anton Johansson, he he was in the lead uh, until twenty minutes. And next weekend it's uh, the middle distance. Uh, yeah. A bit more than 20 minutes, but uh, then I will try to challenge you again. Uh, are you ready to uh, to defend your uh, title there? Yeah, I, I, I will do my very best. Uh, absolutely. We'll see. The, the, yeah, as you say, the, the level is very high. Like uh, we have, especially on the, on the middle distance, I think. Uh, like you can just look at the what happened on the European champs uh, that we are... Like really, really good team at the moment, and really good competition in Sweden. So it's going to be t- uh, tight and tough for sure. But I'm, I'll do my very best. And uh, if I know you're right, you will not be satisfied if you're not on the top of the podium. Or yeah, well, at least I, I will focus on on doing a good race, and then we'll see. But uh, hopefully, I'll, if I do a good race, I will be there. But we, you never know. We'll see. Yeah, you will have a revenge on uh, Albin from uh, Europeans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Gustav. Uh, we will follow the middle distance uh, next weekend, and uh, you can enjoy and and recover. I know for a couple of days, and yeah. uh, hope you be back soon. Thank you yeah. for uh, having some time for us. Yeah. Thanks, Eva. Then we will uh, continue from the Swedish championship to the Finnish championship. And they have uh, the same concept with uh, long distance uh, as in Finland was uh, last weekend and uh, Midland relay together they, as they are organized this weekend. And it was a technically difficult middle distance there. Uh, and then it may be technically or at least difficult to guess uh, the winners. Or what do you think, Ivo? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, so the 
it was organized in the same kind of area as the Jukola 2010. And my memory of that terrain was that it was really, really difficult. So I was expecting a really hard technical race with a lot of mistakes. Uh, but instead, we got a really, really close race. And yeah, some mistakes were made, but they were not really big. Uh, so it was a very tight battle in in both classes, but especially in the women's class, it was really, really close. Yeah, we can uh, go through. Um, you guessed uh, Marika Taini uh, in front of uh, Jalava and uh, Venla Harjo in the women's class. But uh, not this time, my friend. No, this uh, this was, I think uh, you could have asked 200 orienteers to guess and none of them would have guessed this podium. So Siri Silvenjonen from Kalvan Rasti, she won the gold medal ahead of Ina Westerlund from Paimon Rasti and then Venla Hario uh, in the bronze spot. And uh, yeah, so Siri Silvenjonen, she won with half a minute and then from Ina Westerlund in second to Marika Taini in fourth place, it was 10 seconds. So a really, really close battle for the medals. Uh, we actually, uh, I've actually talked to Silver Noinen and uh, she said that um, she was uh, not uh, even thinking about the medal before the race. Uh, she was uh, aiming for a top 10 position in the, this, uh, this uh, national champ. So uh, she was also quite uh, surprised. Yeah, uh, I think uh, everyone was surprised. Uh, she's a good orienteer, of course. She's quite young. Uh, but she didn't qualify for the European Championship team. Uh, she came into the World University Championship team as a reserve uh, when Eni Alava didn't uh, run that. Uh, and yeah, when you have a CV like that, if you're aiming for a top 10 at the Finnish Championship, that uh, sounds about right. Uh, but she did a really, really good race. Uh, and even if she was behind Venla Hario into the last first control of the course she she nailed that last control and venla made a mistake and the, that was the gold medal so really impressive yeah uh, really impressive and uh, to take over to the men's uh, race uh, there was a winner there who has been running quite good uh, uh, if i'm not uh, using the word impressive but quite good this uh, this autumn and uh, mika kirmula was best there but uh, we can take your guesses first go through them yeah. yeah yeah if i'm not mistaken i think i had topi surialainen as the gold medal winner kirmula in second place and Olle now in third place uh, and those three won the medals but uh, kirmula he made sure that kalvan rasti won both the men and women's class then Olle who beat his teammate from helsing in sunnistayat and took the silver medal and topi surialainen he won the bronze and uh, but uh, you said it was tight race. One minute is quite uh, quite uh, clear win for Kirmula here, I think. Yeah, but then uh, between Olle and Topi, it was only one second. Uh, and then Eto Savolain, and he was the fourth fin in the race. He was also up there with them for most of the courses, and then he dropped down a bit in the in the last part. Uh, but yeah. Mm. I think it was a really, really good performance by Kirmola. Uh, and when he's winning uh, against Olli and Toppi with one minute, that's a good and solid performance. Yeah, after a bronze medal last weekend on the long distance, he finally, could use that word, uh, won uh, this uh, weekend in the middle. 
Um, and he has also performed quite good uh, in um, in Switzerland this autumn uh, when he was there training in high high altitude. Uh, we can uh, take a listen to what he had to say after his race. Ever National Orienteering Podcast. In Ever National Orienteering Podcast, we are so lucky that we have um, Mika Kemula with us here. Um, the new crowned uh, national champs in middle distance in Finland. Congratulations, Mika. Yeah, thank you. And nice to be with you. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see that you have uh, one uh, with uh, one minute to uh, last weekend's uh, champion in long distance, Ole Oyanaiwe. How did you, uh, how was your race in the middle? Yeah, it was uh, quite good today. I, I had a quite good uh, plan how to run in this terrain even i noticed that uh, it's not maybe on my like strength sides this kind of terrain but uh, yeah i managed to do quite good how i was planning to run the race and uh yeah i think it was quite nice like uh, if you look at the whole race so of course there was some mistakes but i think this terrain was quite uh, tough for everyone and the controls were quite like uh, uh, tricky at some parts and some parts you could uh, keep up a good pace so I think it was quite quite nice race after all yeah formerly you are known as a high speed orienteer and uh, today you're winning um, a technical middle distance uh, are you a grown up orienteering now yeah, yeah hopefully and yeah of course uh, yeah some some I can say that some days are better than others in uh, more technical terrains, but uh, I'm pretty satisfied uh, that uh, I have been doing uh, like more, more, more good races in even some technical terrains, like during the uh, now, now a bit later years. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, last weekend you were uh, number three in the long distance. Uh... But there was tight margin. How important is it to to get the victory in the national champs uh, today? Yeah, of course it's uh, of course uh, it's more from the performance. But I think it's quite quite nice to uh, win the race, of course. And uh, I think we have uh, at the moment uh, quite quite good level in the men's class, like uh, comparing to the like past years. So I think it's. It's quite good to see that uh, you can win the race in Finland. Like in the European Champs, it was quite good for Finland. So it's it's nice to nice to win the race. Yeah, uh, in, uh, in the European Champs, uh, you got some medals also in the men's class. And what's your? Uh, you've been running quite good this autumn. Uh, what's your expectations uh, for the World Cup final round in uh, Switzerland? Yeah, I think uh, the shape is. Uh, quite good and I was training in Switzerland for four weeks like before the uh, long finish champ so I think uh, the terrains there are quite nice and it's it's of course it's different kind of orienteering but uh, mostly it's it's not maybe that like detailed and technical at least when looking to the World Cup final of course you never know what you get but uh, I think uh, it will be quite quite nice to be in Switzerland and race. I think those races are always quite quite good there. So, 
looking forward for the World Cup finals. Yeah, you're speaking a lot of words now. Uh, we saw when you were in Switzerland, you were top three two, two days in a row. Are you aiming for a new top three position in the World Cup also? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, it's quite, uh, I think, important races because those are the most like international races before before like next year's world champs so i i hope that i will be be in the top positions but uh, of course when you're running at like uh, high altitude you uh, be better be, be pre- prepared and you maybe the body will of course i will i will do my best but uh, i hope for uh, good positions there also Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have uh, that. Those races are on high altitude, uh, and you are running on uh, a high level right now. And uh, again, uh, congratulations with the victory in the middle, uh, champs. Yeah, thanks, thank you. Uh, and thanks for joining us. And we will uh, follow your uh, uh, in the forest and uh, on the results uh, also rest of this autumn. Thank you, Mika. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Yep. From the middle distance in uh, Finland. We have to walk on to the relay, and that's um, a whole uh, big uh, long story. Yeah, uh, I don't know where to start. Um, so uh, the the race were run. Uh, Tampere won in the women's class ahead of Kalvan Rasti and Laden Sunnestaya. Uh, in the men's class, Helsing and Sunnestaya won ahead of. Ika listen Nusva Voima, which I've now learned from the Finnish that you are supposed to say Nuska about them. We don't we Norwegians Norwegian we say Ika listen, but you're supposed to say Nuska. So Ika listen Nusva Voima, they were in second place, and Turun Metzenkevia was in third place. Uh, and then you think everything is good, uh, and then it comes up on Twitter first. You see some Finnish. Uh, discussion about this race and then you realize that oh the organizer really messed up the forking uh, so long story short uh, not every team ran every forking uh, and the race is voided uh, yeah uh, there uh, will they uh, do a new uh, uh, championship championship in relay in Finland or how yeah. do they My my impression is that the federation wants to uh, wants to organize a new one uh, at the end of the season, uh, but then uh, I don't know. It's probably just the frustrations just after the race. But uh, a lot of people on Twitter they were like, "Yeah, the the the, the Finnish champs in relay it was held. The medals have been given. The race is done. Uh, so they don't have mo- they say now that they don't have motivation uh, for running it again. But I guess it will be." I guess it will be organized a new race, and I guess the top teams will be there. Uh, then they will fight again. Uh, actually, there was uh, earlier on there was uh, Nordic champs, uh, and uh, in uh, 1980s there was uh, cancelled in the women's class in the relay, and they mm-hmm. uh, they traveled back uh, to Bornholm where it was held in the autumn after the whole uh, rest of the season, only the women's to run the relay again. So uh, so it's been done before. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was some mistake with the with the forkings also in at Jaywalk in 2011 in Poland, uh, but then it did not affect the medal teams. 
and therefore the race was not voided. Uh, which you could all, you could always debate if it's fair or not, and like how many people has to be affected, uh, and stuff like that. To yeah, I think the Helsing and Sunnistad in the men's class they did run all the four kings and they felt that they won the race, uh, but they have to give back the gold medals. Then we will see if they want to win it back in the in the second attempt. But uh, now you have get me started because um, earlier on in this Nordic champs, um, there was um, there is one guy who is uh, double Nordic champs in relay in cancelled relay actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, Tule Sandvik. He was in the winning team in 1999 in Norway, where the race was cancelled uh, in the relay there because of uh, wrong uh, forkings. And then there was the Nordic champs in 2001. That was okay. And then uh, Norway won again in 2003 with Tour Sandvik in the team. And again, the race was cancelled uh, because of uh, there was uh, the, some uh, wrong with the, yeah, the four kings as uh, they, uh, all the team didn't run the same. So uh, that, yeah. then uh, Sandvik has, uh, but, uh, Sandvik has won uh, so many relays, so... He can live uh, with that. No, I'm not. Uh, I guess. I guess uh, when you, yeah, these things, uh, it's ancient history. Uh, but then it maybe makes sense that they were, they stopped organizing Nordic champs uh, some years after that if they were, were not able to get the four things correct. So then maybe it's better to give up. Yeah, we can give another shout out to to Sanvik. He's the most winning in Tiumila for the men. Yeah, and he he's still going strong. I I ran also with him at the Norwegian champs uh, on Sunday, and yeah, for a man has passed he has passed fifty already, but he is still he's still moving quite fast in the forest, so he is still young. See, he is young, but uh, in Switzerland there are uh, elite runners running test races this weekend and Swiss Championship long. We will continue with that. Uh, yeah. What did you um, uh, what do you analyze from the first uh, test race on middle distance on the Saturday? Yeah, so uh, they had a middle distance selection race up in the mountains. Um, it was uh, yeah, uh, Simona Abersold won the women's class uh, ahead of uh, Sabine Hauswirt and then Katrin Müller, uh, which had a great World University Championship. She shows that she has stepped up a bit and now she was on the podium with all the elite Swiss runners there. So, yeah, it was it was quite close between Sabine, uh, Simona and Sabine. And then there was a bit gap further down the result list. Uh, in generally, not really any surprises. Uh, neither in the men's class or in the women's class. In the men's class, Matthias Kibbutz, he won again. Uh, one minute ahead of Joey Hardorn and then Daniel Hubman in third place. He was three minutes down, so it was really big gaps there in the men's class. Yeah, uh, what should we then uh, take out uh, from the level? Well, I think uh, Matthias Kibus he showed last weekend uh, in Switzerland that uh, when he is running well, uh, he is incredibly hard to beat in this kind of terrain. So when he is uh, yeah, when he is three minutes ahead of number three, I think we can say that uh, he is performing at a high level. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, he twisted his ankle on that Saturday, and he was not able to uh, 
uh, get to start uh, in the Swiss camps long distance the day after. Yeah, he said it was. Uh, yeah, it, he gave me uh, the impression that it's uh, it's quite bad. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he will be back for the World Cup final in three weeks' time. Uh, but it sounded like it's a bit more than just a normal twist of the ankle. Uh, but hopefully it will be it will be fine quite soon. Yeah, and uh, when he was not at the start li- uh, line uh, on uh, Sunday, Daniel Hubman took the chance. Yeah, uh, we talked about the old runners winning medals in the Norwegian Championship, and uh, Hubman he is almost uh, almost as old as the two Norwegian girls. Uh, he's thirty nine years old, but still really, really, really strong. And now he was. Uh, motivated i think we at his age he needs a bit special motivation to be able to perform well uh, but he ran really well in a tough tough long distance and he took the gold medal ahead of pascal books and joey hardorn uh, pascal books uh, maybe a bit surprised uh, he was number four in the selection race the day before and number two here so he is really really good form uh, even if he has been struggling with injuries since the world university championship and not been running much he showed that he has been doing the alternative training really, really well in this period. And in the women's class, it was the same all... Uh, yeah, that was a song. knockout. Knockout. Uh, knockout by Simona Ebersold. So she won with more than six minutes ahead of Katrin Miller. Again, proving that she has really stepped up now this summer. And then Paula Gross, which was seventh in the European Champs long distance. She was number three here. And then it was, uh, yeah, no really, no really surprises in the result this year. So yeah, uh, the Swiss team for the World Cup final came earlier today. We are recording on Tuesday, and uh, yeah, no real surprises in the selection, uh, which is quite sensible given that the the national team runners they perform really well in these selection races. But uh, you're telling that uh, Miller has stepped up. I I think that uh, she has got uh, self-confidence uh, in the uh, University World Champs, and uh, you can't buy that on the on the grocery store in the corner. You have to perform and get the self-confidence, and now she believes in herself when she is doing orienteering, and that's what's uh, and then she performing well. Yeah, and I think uh, these two races this weekend will give her even more. Confidence leading into the into the World Cup final, and I think from the level that she showed in these two races, and we have to know that Simone Ebersol, when she is running good, she is maybe the second best in the world. So I think Katrin Müller has the chance to perform at the top ten level at the World Cup if she continues like this. Yeah, uh, we can uh, listen to what um, a guy who has uh, a lot of. Uh... Almost only top 10 from uh, World Cups. Uh, the stable in World Cup uh, earlier on. And uh, Daniel Hubman is uh, now uh, going for the World Cup final. We will hear what he has to say after Sunday's victory. Evo National Orienteering Podcast. Uh, in the International Orienteering Podcast, uh, we have uh, Daniel Hubman... Uh, Swiss uh, national champs on long distance uh, with us. Uh, congratulations with the win uh, on the long distance, Daniel. Thank you. Uh, how was the race for you uh, this Sunday? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, important news came right before the race. We, yeah, Matthias Keyboard sent a message to our team chat that he is not running because he injured his foot the day before. So that, uh, yeah, of course, it's always sad for a race when the best one or the main favorite is uh, not taking part. But on the other hand, for me and the other runners, uh, it was higher chances to, to win that race. So uh, that's what I tried to do. I, I realized it's a chance for me to get another Swiss championship title. And I, I started really uh, eager and yeah, motivated to to do a great race. And it, my start was actually really good. But then uh, this eight control, it's already on the map. You can see it's a tricky one or yeah, a bit uh, difficult to, to know how you should find it because it's, yeah, it was a stone field in a forest with many stone rocks and blocks. And it was hard to properly navigate there. So there I made a small mistake and I also caught up other runners there. Yeah, how how is it uh, when uh, uh, so many runners are missing a control? Uh, is it uh, I always uh, a bit critic to the map or uh, course setting or something like that? Uh, when you you caught up with uh, three or four other guys there, like Joey Hadon, uh, Martin Hubman, and Florian Holwald also, wasn't it uh, all together there? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, it shows a bit that this control was uh, tricky or yeah, maybe you can also start the discussion if it was fair or not. Uh, in my opinion, it could have, the, the flag was also not so good visible when you were close to the control point or even in the control circle, you didn't see the flag so good. So yeah. Maybe there have could have been a bit better with the visibility of the control flag because it was quite a tricky area and yeah, as you as you said, many runners lost a, a few minutes there. And in a championship race, it's not really yeah not so nice when all the discussion uh, turn around this control after the race. Yeah, but uh, how is it for you then uh, when you are uh, catching up uh, those runners? Uh, it's is it a bit like uh, be two two nil up in a football match that you uh, have to defend a bit uh, that you know if you keep your head uh, calm then you will uh, win or how how do you deal with that? No. Yeah, actually, I mean the first uh, feeling you get is a good one because you catch up some runners and that usually shows that you have you are. Uh, doing good in the race but on the other hand it was also a bit uh, dangerous <laughs> because I often get a bit lazy when I feel uh, too safe and when the pressure is a bit gone and that I think that was a bit the case I thought I caught up to my biggest opponents already but uh, then in the finish I realized oh there were, were also some other especially one guy Pascal Brooks he ran really really well and he was quite close in the in the finish to my time yeah he was uh, second uh, in the finish um, 
But uh, we, which answer did you get this weekend? Uh, first um, test race over middle distance on Saturday, uh, where you got got number three. Uh, uh, Matthias Kubus was running quite well there. And then this victory on Sunday. Uh, was it good the feedback for you? Yes, I think it was a good weekend, especially the, yeah, the victory yesterday. That was the most important race because it was selection race and Swiss championship. So it gave me a good uh, feedback and also winning a race uh, happens not that often anymore. Yeah, in the last, let's say, two years, as I could experience it uh, more earlier in my career, maybe. So I really enjoy to win that one. Yeah, how uh, you're not so young anymore. Uh, what uh, What is keeping you motivated and how long uh, do you see for your career? Yeah, I think the motivation has uh, different uh, reasons. First of all, I'm enjoying to be an orienteer. It's uh, nice. It's also a nice lifestyle, I think, with training, competing. And I'm also quite flexible. I have time to spend with my family. And yeah, that's uh, many positive uh, things about the situation, how I have organized everything right now. And then, of course, also the the results must be here, or I, I, it makes to, or it has to make sense somehow to be a professional athlete. And so far for me, it still makes sense because I s still see a chance to, yeah, to succeed in the coming races or also next year's um, championship, especially walk in Switzerland. I still believe I have chances to get a good result there and that keeps me uh, motivated. Yeah, you were quite uh, close to the individual medal on the long distance last year in Czech Republic. Yeah. Do you aim for the, especially for the long or middle uh, next year in uh, home soil in Switzerland? I have not a clear uh, aim where I want to succeed, but of course I think uh, Long distance, I see good chances because as an older athlete and experienced athlete, I think in the long, I also had a very, yeah, very good results in the past. So I think long distance is a good discipline for me. And also the, the relay, of course, is a, a topic. So on home, home ground to run a relay, that would be, yeah, would be really nice. Yes, of course. Uh, when you made your uh, world championship debut uh, uh, so far uh, back as in uh, 2004 in Sweden, there was a guy who was who named uh, Håkan Eriksson. He won a world championship medal in the age of 43 years. Uh, do, will you continue uh, so long? Oh, uh... Will I you be, beat? I think he is the oldest man. Will you beat that? Yeah. Uh, no, right now I I take like a year after year, and of course next year is like a, since a few years now. Next season with walk in Switzerland is like was the the big target, main target, and uh, I haven't um, made any plans for for after that. So so far. So far, yeah. Uh, at least you're uh, on good track now, and for the 
World Cup on home, home soil uh, in a couple of weeks also. Uh, we wish you good luck in your preparations for the World Cup final and uh, and uh, maybe we'll have a talk again soon, Daniel. Thank you a lot for uh, your time. Thank you. About um, what he uh, looks forward to later this season and uh, how he looks on his further career and how long it will last. Uh, what do you think about uh, Daniel Hoban, uh, Ivar? Well, he is uh, fascinating and really, really impressive. Uh, I mean, his career is stretching so long back. I mean, I can barely remember how it was like when he broke into the senior level in... Was it 2005 he got his first medal? Yeah, he got uh, the first medal in uh, uh, Japan in 2005. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been around... Uh, for as long as I can remember fighting for the top spots. Uh, and it's uh, really impressive that he wants to go for the well, at least one final world championship uh, at home ground uh, next year at the age of 40. But uh, his uh, philosophy, as he also tells um, when we are talking, that um, if he loves to do orienteering and he is able to do that, why should he quit? Yeah, and especially especially as he is still really, really competitive. Uh, so, yeah, no reason for him to quit at all. Uh, if, he, if at that age, if you can keep up, keep the motivation up, and if you can avoid the big injuries, then there is no reason to, no reason to stop. Um, no, he is uh, really impressive, and uh, we will see what he can be up to when we come to Switzerland. Uh, in the start of October and uh, then uh, later in the World Champs next year. Uh, yeah, we can... I think, uh, I think uh, if the statistics at the World of U is correct, uh, he has collected 75 World Cup top threes so far in his career. So it will be interesting to see if he can add number 76 uh, in the World Cup final. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, I think... Uh... Uh, I think that must must be uh, most uh, of everyone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know Tove Alexanderson and especially Simone Nigli. They are also a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, seventy-five is really really impressive. It's not that many races each year. So yeah, he is. Uh, I think uh, what's the most impressive with Hubman is like how stable he has been able to be at top level over so many years. Uh, and, uh, I don't all... think he has. He he doesn't have a lot of races outside the top ten ever. Not in the World Championship or not in the World Cup. It's not. You can almost count them on. In the World Championship, I think you can count it on one hand. The time he's been out of the top ten, and in the World Cup, it's a bit for a bit more, but uh, yeah, not a lot of them. And in every distances, uh, maybe the knockout sprint isn't for him uh, when he is uh, 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 almost forty years old. But uh, the all the other. Uh distances he is uh, yeah competitive yeah. I think if the if the if the knockout sprint had come around 15 years ago he would have been one of the best also there but now that he's uh, 38 39 40 it's maybe a bit harder yes yeah um, uh, we can uh, for our, uh, this episode we continue to look at uh, a bit at the Danish champs uh, have you uh, uh, analyzed that or looked at that uh, this weekend 
Uh, a little bit. Uh, so they had the relay championship uh, on Saturday, and then the long distance championship on uh, Sunday. So if we start with the with the relay uh, in the women's class, it was Hillerud that won. Not really a surprise. They have two of the Klisner sisters and Annika Simonsen in the team. Uh, Tisvilde Hein was second place, and Pan Wardris was in third place. I think uh, the interesting pieces I saw from the women's result list was that uh, Emma Klingenberg, she was second on the first leg, just behind the lead of the changeover. And Ida Bubak, she lost just about one minute on the last leg. So these two are still in decent form after they have, yeah, now it's getting quite a long time since they retired and both of them have had kids. And yeah, it's good to see that the, the old stars are still somewhat competitive on national level. Yeah, we got to see uh, some uh, old stars also in the men's class there. I mean, uh, in the second leg in the winning team. Yeah, so Silkeborg, they are the Danish champions. And uh, on the second leg, the one you're talking, referring to is uh, the, now I think he's the Danish national team coach now, Tue Lassen. Yeah, he so is. Together, yeah. yeah, so together with his teammates, Rico Mugensen and Lauritz Biedstrup-Muller, uh, Silkeborg won the relay. Uh, it was a bit strange result list here. So Ukopan Oris second team was in second place, and then Uko Öst was in third place. And Uko Öst is a funny team because that's three siblings running together. And Tanödem, so Miri Tanödem, she ran in the men's class here uh, and won a medal. And the interesting part is that. They could have been winning because Søren Tranødum on the last leg, he started out just two minutes behind the lead, uh, but he lost five minutes to the fastest runner. So he had uh, actually a kind of a shocker bad leg for being him. Yeah, it uh, could be quite difficult to train in Bornholm there. I don't know what he was up to, but uh, there is awesome uh, yeah, difficult parts. Mm. But then he got his revenge the next day. Yeah, in the long distance. Yeah, you can uh, tell about that. Yeah, so in the long distance, uh, Søren Tranødum, he won with, I think it was 13 minutes ahead of Magnus Devet. And then Emil Öbro was in third place. He was just behind Devet for the silver. Yeah, but it was uh, uh, quite interesting. Uh, uh, it was quite tight uh, among, uh, yeah, after uh, Søren there. Yeah, if you had removed Søren, it would have been really, really close between the next five. It was really close between the next five. So if you remove him, it would have been a really exciting battle for the gold medal, which now turned out to be a battle for the silver because it was a yeah, really, really strong performance by Søren Tranødum. But a big performance. Then we have to check a bit with the locals. So... Um... I checked uh, what the Danes uh, had to say about this performance uh, on uh, Sunday, and uh, yeah, they they said it was uh, could be a top 10, uh, 15 in a World Cup race, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Søren is aiming quite high uh, in the World Cup final in a couple of weeks. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I think. Uh... Yeah, of course, uh, you know, the, you get the, the results at the World Cup, you get them at the World Cup race. But uh, I think Cern, uh, Cern, he is really, really, really good runner. And he is really, really interesting for the future. Uh, he is, uh, I think this is, yeah, this is his first year as a senior. 
but he's already have uh, yeah great results at the world championship last year uh, he had good results in the world cup uh, it's great result from jaywalk so yeah he's uh, it will be really interesting to see what he can do uh, in the world cup final uh, and how the alpine terrain suits him because yeah the it's uh, yeah, it's something different to run a tough tough long distance up in the swiss alps compared to running in the danish lowland but uh i also have uh, one um, uh curiosa to this race uh because uh Søren, he was not sure uh, how good he was running when he was passing the arena and for us norwegian we always uh, said that the dane has a potato in their, their uh, mouth when they're talking so when he passed arena, he got a message that he has eight minutes to book. But uh, that was messed together. So he thought he had one and uh, one forty up. So then he really had to put another gear on the last leg to to, to catch those uh, uh, minutes. So maybe yeah. he got a bit of motivation there. I mean, Danish numbers, it doesn't make any sense at all. So I can I can understand that even the Danish can't understand that so but yeah it's a bit funny that you are not sure how good you are running and then you think you are behind when you are instead with a big big lead uh, it's it's kind of surprising because i think Søren uh, Tarnodum has been clearly the best danish runner in the last two years uh, so if he has a good race he should be com- more confident that he is actually beating the others with a quite clear margin but it's always good to it's always good to yeah have to fight and you have to go deep also in national competitions um, yeah but uh, yeah. he didn't build his confidence uh, when he was losing five minutes uh, the day before yeah so maybe but uh, maybe yeah that's true maybe that's why he thought it was possible to be behind uh, could be something like that and in the women's class uh, how was it there for uh, the long distance yeah, so Cecilie Kirchner, she won ahead of Josephine Lin and Agnes Kracht. Uh, I think the main thing here was that uh, Miri Odom, she twisted her ankle and she had to abandon the race. Uh, and it's always a bit questionable when, uh, when there's ankle injuries. Sometimes it's all good in two, three days. Sometimes it takes a long time. So hopefully it's not too bad and that she will be back for the uh, World Cup final. Yeah, I was I was also missing Annika Simonsen. She has been running quite good in Sweden also this year, uh, but she was not top three. So uh, yeah, uh, especially when Mire was out, I would uh, yeah expect she be up there, but not uh, this time. Not this time. Uh, in Italy, also they had uh, long distance uh, champs uh, on Sunday, and there was a uh, yeah. A sprint warm-up, could we call it, and then a long distance. What do you take from that? Yeah, I think uh, in the long distance, it was, uh, if we start with the women, uh, it's, I, I, I find it really, really hard to uh, be able to measuring how good anything is uh, because I'm not familiar with all the runners. and yeah. Uh, but there was uh, interesting that uh, Martina Rizzi, uh, she won the gold medal ahead of uh, Anna Pradel. And Martina Rizzi, she is still a junior. 
so it will be really interesting to see what she can do at the jaywalk in when november comes uh, the italian women are not performing at top level internationally but still when a junior comes and win the national championship you have to assume that the that she is a interesting runner and that can do decent result at least in the in the jaywalk and uh, in the men's class there also was a junior in top three yeah so ilan angeli the bronze medalist from the jaywalk sprint uh, he is. Uh, I think. He, I think he is a better forest orienteer than the sprint orienteer. So, for me, he is one of the main candidates for medals uh, at Jaywalk uh, in two months' time, uh, when the middle and the relay, uh, middle and the long distance will be held uh, together with the relay. Uh, I don't think the Italians can compete for a medal in the relay, but uh, Ilan, he should. He should have the possibility in the individual races. But here he was only third place, uh, so he got beaten by the surprise winner, Mattia De Bertolis, and then the favorite, Ricardo Scalé, he got the silver medal. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, for me, uh, Ricardo Scalé was a favorite there, but uh, he didn't live up to that uh, this uh, Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't know much about uh, Mattia De Bertolis, but uh, he is running. Yeah, he's been running the the World Cups, the European Championship, the World Championship, and so yeah, he's a good runner. And I don't know if he won because he has stepped up, or if uh, Ricardo Scale had a, maybe a, a not so good day. Uh, we will get the answer in um, in a few weeks' times to see if uh, to see what Mattia can do in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, and uh, you have uh, looked. Uh shortly on what uh, the Swedes can do in the Swedish Championship middle and relay coming up uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, they have a middle uh, qualifier and uh, final and then the relay on Sunday. Yeah, so it's uh, it's we are still in Dalarna, uh, but we are moving from Bjursås to Orsa. And I think uh, the terrain there is not as rough. Uh, so I think we can expect a little bit faster running uh, and the main, yeah, the main, the main thing this weekend will be to see Hanna Lundberg uh, competing again at senior level. Uh, she ran the junior class at the long distance, and she won with, I don't know, was it 15 minutes or something like that? It was insane difference. Uh, so now it will be really interesting to see if she can challenge Tuve for the win here at the middle distance. Uh, but you have guessed that um, Tove will win in front of Hanna Lundberg. Yes, and then I guess uh, Johanna Öberg at the uh, at the bronze place. Uh, Johanna, I don't think she ran the long distance. Uh, she is she's had a good season so far. Uh, she got married after the European Champs, so now she, uh, yeah, she, now she wants to do a good end of the season, and I think she is, has a good chance to. Even on a good day, she can even challenge for the gold medal. Uh, I think the level of the Swedish girls are really high, and there are many girls that can fight for the medals. And there is also many girls that can beat Tuve if Tuve has a bit subpar performance. Yeah, but uh, Öberg, she is a really good technical runner, and she has also stepped up in long distance this year. So yeah, she is strong, and she could be maybe her day uh, this uh, Saturday. 
But uh, in the men's class, you are not uh, not doubting in how it will win there. No, I, I can't do the same mistake as for the long distance. So I have to guess Gustav Bergman for the win. And then I guess Albin Riedefeld for the second place. And then I've gone for a surprise bronze medal to Jerke Lysel. He was in the top 10 in uh, in the in the long distance this weekend. And he had a really, really good middle distance in the Örebro district champs uh, two weeks ago when he beat both Anton Johansson and Martin Dregborn. So, yeah, I think uh, Jerke, he can do really, really well in this type of terrain. Yeah, it would be good uh, if uh, Jerke uh, could also get some results uh, this year. He has been running more than uh, the last years, but uh, not so many yeah, really good uh, performances. Yeah, and he's not really got the chance to run internationally either, so we haven't seen much of him um, this year, unfortunately. Or we haven't actually seen much of him since... Yeah, it's it's almost 10 years since he ran regularly, uh, but it's at least five five years ago since he was still top, top performer at the World Championship. So it's really impressive that he's still keeping the motivation quite high and still doing the work. Yeah, and uh, on the relay on Sunday, uh, you are thinking that the Stuartuna will do the work in both uh, classes? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be really, really close relays. Uh, if we start with the women's class, uh, Stuartuna has a really, really good team. I expect them to line up with uh, Tilda Östberg. She was in the top 10 of the long distance. And then we had a really good Norwegian champ. And then Tove on the last leg. So they have to be, with Tove on the last leg, they have to be big favorites. And then I guess uh, IFK Göteborg will be the strongest challenger. Uh, in the long distance, they had girls in third place, fourth place, and fifth place. So really, really solid team. Uh, but I'm not sure if they can make the gap uh, that is needed to stay away from Tove on the last leg. And then a home bronze medal for Ukokore, the Dala Club. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, Dala Club, uh, Stortun also, of course. Um, and uh, in the men's class, you are again uh, the same uh, top two as uh, last year in the Swedish national champs. Yeah, uh, I think the battle is between Stortun and Ukokorevinen. And I, I go, I've gone for Stortun. Uh, their stats in the Swedish uh, championship is insane. Uh, performing at top level year after year after year and winning so many times. So I, it will be interesting to see if they go with three brothers Svensk or if Henrik Johansson can get into the team. Uh, so at the long distance, there was three Svensk brothers in the top six. Uh, but we know that Henrik Johansson is also really, really good. So they have, they have uh, options and that is always important. And then, of course, Uko Ravinen, they have Gustav Bergman, and they have also good options. Uh, if I got, uh, if I understood it correctly, they will do like an American selection based on the result in the middle final. So you have the two brother Granqvist, you have Ruslan Glebov, and you have uh, Erik Herne. So they have four guys fighting for the last two spots together with Gustav. It's a really, really solid team. Yeah, but uh, that's quite solid. Uh, Johansson, as you mentioned in Stuartuna, he was uh, number seven in the Europeans long distance, and uh, and um, and he is uh, uh, maybe out of the club team in the national champs. That's quite uh, extraordinary. 
Yeah, uh, but I guess he has the chance. And I mean, it's it wouldn't be a surprise if Henrik Johansson gets a top six position or even a medal in the middle distance the day before. So then I think he is still in the fight for the relay spot. Uh, and then for the last spot on the podium or the last medal, I think it's between Uko Lene and IFK Gothenburg. And IFK, uh, I think Uko Lene is... Uh, will edge them for the bronze medal. So we uh, can have a fight on the last leg uh, between uh, Svensk, Bergman and uh, Hidefeldt. Yes, and if those three are together, then I think uh, the real battle will be between uh, between Svensk and Bergman. Yeah, and uh, there will be some battles in uh, Finland also the upcoming weekend in the final of the VSD Liga. Yeah, so that's the. I think the most interesting part of this is that the, it will be organized next to the terrain of Jukola next year, and it will be a night relay. So then we will get to see a bit uh, what kind of challenges are waiting for Jukola next year. Uh, but yeah, the VST Liga it got clearly affected by the by the the forking mess at the at the Finnish relay champs. So. Uh, I'm I'm not quite sure how it will be. Uh, I think uh, they have decided that if there is another attempt at the Finnish Championship, that will not count in the VSD Liga. Uh, but in the women's class, Tampa Pirenter is leading ahead of Laden Sunnestajat. And in the men's class, Kove is having a big lead ahead of Turin Metzinkevi and Helsinki Sunnestajat. Uh, but yeah, the thing I'm most interested in is the, to see the GPS, see the map, study how how people do night orienteering in this type of terrain. Yeah, and then we uh, for preparations for Yukula next year. Yes. Uh, also in the Czech uh, Republic, there is a national championship on uh, long distance. Uh, uh, we, uh, you have maybe not got a prediction there, but uh, some uh, runners uh, we will uh, have to see in the top there, who is yeah. uh, in good uh, shape. If we start with the women's, I think uh, yeah, Teresa Janoszewskova, she has to be the favorite. She has had a great season and she has uh, proved to be the best Czech girl uh, in general this year. So she has to be the favorite. But yeah, uh, this national championship, there can be sometimes it can be strange results. So it's I, I guess it will be an open race and I wouldn't put too much money on one specific runner to win. And uh, in the men's class, the, I think Milos Nikodim has to be the favorite. He won. They had a Czech Cup long distance the previous weekend, and then he beat uh, Wojciech Karl quite clear. So, but yeah, I think uh, Milos and Wojciech Karl and Thomas Krivda, uh, they are all really, really good runners. So any of them can take the gold medal. It would be, for me, it would be a surprise if it's someone else than those three that win the win medals. Yeah, uh, uh, that sounds uh, sounds uh, as a good guess. Uh, if we move forward to, uh, there has been some selections uh, for the World Cup final. In the in Sweden, they uh, choose to uh, select uh, pre-select uh, twelve runners. Uh, what do you think about that? Then it's quite closed before the last uh, test races. Yeah, in general, I think it's bad to do big pre-selections. But then again, here it was uh, 
they only use the long distance from Swedish champs as a selection race. I think if they used long distance and middle distance, it would have made sense to have more open spots. But then uh, with only one race to count, it's okay to have only a few spots to fight for. So Tove Alexandersson, Hanna Lundberg, Sarah Hagström, Caroline Olsson, Lisa Risby, Lina Skran and Johanna Öberg, they were already pre-selected. And with Sanna Fast in third place of the long distance and Elin Monson in fifth place in the long distance and Elin Monson is also leading the Swedish league. Sanna Fast ran really well in, uh, in Switzerland two weeks ago. So I think those two will get those two last spots in the women's team. And in the uh, men's uh, team, there was uh, yeah three yeah, there, uh, spots open. Yeah, so five guys were pre-selected. Gustav Bergman, Emil Svensk, Martin Regborn, Albin Riedefeldt and Max Peter Beimer. And then with the third place of Anton Johansson, and he also got a medal at the European Champs, so he should be in. And Victor Svensk, he was fourth place in the long distance, and he has two medals from the student champs. Uh, so I think he should be in. And then the last spot, I really struggle to see a clear candidate for that one. Uh, because uh, if you look at the Swedish long champs, it was Marcus Millegård in fifth place and Joachim Svensson in sixth place. I don't think any of those will be, uh, yeah, I don't think any of those are candidates even for the teams. So I think the last spot will go to a younger runner. And then you have to, yeah, you have Henrik Johansson that was good at European champs. You have Simon Imach that was good at World Student Champs. You have Simon Hector that has been quite good in general. Uh, but he was out of the European Champs team. So I think one of those three uh, will get it. And I think it's between Johansson and Imach. So it will be interesting to see. And uh, I will also give you a challenge uh, at the end here. Uh, could you pick the Norwegian team? Oh, yeah. Um, so. The Norwegian champs middle and long were selection races and then of course previous performances this year uh, but I think uh, so in the women's team we have eight spots for each distance so I'm not quite sure if they will pick eight girls or pick nine girls I think maybe they will pick nine girls to have uh, three relay teams so Andrine Benjaminsen, Marie Olausen, Victoria Bjornstad, Tone Lie, Marina Andersen Ingrid Lundanes, Arne Dyrkorn, that is seven. And then I think Anna Ulvensson should be number eight. And then number nine, it's quite open, but uh, Ingeborg Eide or perhaps even Martin Arum could be a candidate for that last spot. Um, and then in the men's class, we have also nine spots because Kasper Foster has his personal spot. So I think this is quite easy to guess. It's Casper, uh, of course, Eskil Schinneberg, Magne Daly, Lukas Liland, Erik Langedal Breivik, Gerte Stever, Hovard Eidsmo. Mm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about Hovard Eidsmo, but yeah, he's on, he, on my list, he's in. And then Anders Haga is in for me, and Andreas Sölberg is the last one. So if you look at the results from the Norwegian Championship, you are missing. I will. I'm missing Yngve Skogstad, which was sixth and seventh in these two races. Uh, if he wants to go, they will. They should pick him, but I don't think he wants to go. He uh, he has expressed quite clearly that he is uh, retired since 2019. Uh, so it, 
I would be surprised if he's going, but if he wants to go, he should be in the team. Yeah, uh, he's the best uh, trained map maker in Norway at the moment. Yeah, so he's he says that he's now a hobby runner, but I mean, uh, yeah, he walks six, seven, eight hours a day making maps, and then he runs two hours. Uh, yeah, map making, so he got form is really, really good. So even if he hasn't been doing much orienteering the last three years, if he wants to run the World Cup final, I think he, yeah, he has the physical level, and I think he can quite quickly get up to a good technical level. So then he could be a solid performer at the World Cup if he wants to. But yeah, of course, uh, fifth, sixth place or seventh place in the Norwegian Championship, you will not, uh, you will not fight for the. The top spots at the World Cup on that level, but you can run a solid race. Yeah, and uh, on Wednesday or tomorrow, as we speak, uh, the selection will come, and then we will see how good uh, you are in the, uh, looking at the Crystal Bowl. But uh, yes. when we look uh, back on um, what we have experienced uh, the last week, we have to uh, put in a new segment: uh, hot or not. What was uh, Hot last week, Ivo. Uh, I would say the I would give the the weekly hot to the Anthony men's team. Uh, I mean, it's uh, still quite close uh, since Auden uh, Heimdall passed away, and uh, yeah, he was the the key man of the Anthony men's team for many years. And yeah, you can see that the the boys now they are. Uh, continuing the leg- legacy, uh, it was a very very nice double victory for them, and it was a really nice picture of uh, Jürgen Barkley crossing the finish line uh, of the relay. Uh, yeah, uh, me- remembering his friend. Yeah, so that's, that's... Uh, weekly hot. And uh, do you also have a nut for the week? Yeah, we have I been... guess. It has to go to the organizers of the Finnish relay champs. Uh, you, you need, you have to get the forking right. It, it, it shouldn't be that hard. There should be the controllers should uh, realize it if it's wrong. So yeah, we always have very high expectations from the Finnish organizers. Uh, they often do things really, really well, but this time they really dropped the ball. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, last week's Hot and Not. And uh, we will be back next week, Ivo, with new, yeah. Yeah, with new Hot uh, and Not. And, uh... A lot of other stuff. Uh, but I think we need to apologize to our listeners for this episode. The length of the episode, it's really, really long, but it's also really, really a lot of stuff that has happened uh, the last week. Uh, but don't. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Uh, the season is getting to the end. There is less races coming up. So in the yeah, in the upcoming weeks, uh, the episodes will be come shorter and shorter. But there will always be a lot of volunteering to talk about. So we will be back weekly. See you. Bye bye. Ivan might not be the best runner in the family, but he is the best talker. Your national orienteering podcast, mapping compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. Running like a motherfucker. Your national orienteering podcast.